0: This is the Kabnis HR Podcast, and we want you to be great every day. Join us as we transform the human resources outsourcing industry while we talk to small business owners, founders, and people in tech, startup, and HR spaces. Now, please welcome your host, Jason Kabnis.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Kabnis HR Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Kabnis. Our guest today is Leo Novsky. Leo, are you ready to be great today?
0: I am ready to be great, Jason.
1: Leo is a professional speaker, executive presentation coach at Speak with Power Consulting. Coming to the United States as a political refugee at the age of 12 from the Soviet Union, Leo experienced firsthand the challenge of not being understood. This challenge turned into a calling to master the art of effective communication. Leo has over 17 years of experience in communication, training, marketing, and business development. His educational background includes a BA in English literature from the University of Chicago and an MBA from the University of Dallas. He is, a, he is a published author, inventor, and founder of several startups. In addition to his regular consulting business, Leo has taught entrepreneurship, marketing, and business communication courses as an adjunct lecturer at the University of Washington Edmonds Community College and even in the Washington State prisons. He is fluent in English, Russian, and conversant in Japanese. Leo, thank you for being here today. We really appreciate it.
0: We really appreciate your time as well, Jesse. So
1: what's keeping Leo busy these days?
0: One of the things that has happened in the last uh, year has been a bit of a transformation of my business in that where my purpose and passion really got aligned with a nonprofit. And so one of the things that I'm working on right now, in addition to my regular coaching, is a program that I've built inside Monroe Correctional Facility, a state prison 20 miles north of Seattle, to unlock on tap business potential behind the prison wall. And it's been uh, the most interesting and transformative experience of my life to actually volunteer in prison and in the process really try to change lives. And so the thing that has uh, happened that I didn't expect is that the experience is changing me and really helping me see just to what degree our stories define our life. Now, it's one thing to talk to a successful entrepreneur or a politician or a book author and help them figure out what their mission is. The truth is that the people who work with me on a regular basis as clients, they are already in the mission. And so they're looking for a coach to help them become better and stronger. It is quite a different thing altogether to walk into a room full of potential where The people themselves may not even believe in themselves. And so the changes that I get to experience and to help doing pretty much the same thing that I do with my clients are near miraculous and so uh, i am uh, pretty much a believer in transformative and rehabilitative justice now and so that's what's been keeping me up at night
1: so one thing i never understood is, is a little bit off the subject but a lot of times people they get they get out of prison and they'll go back to the exact same neighborhood same environment they were before and so it's like how do you expect these people to, like you know change their lives you put them right back in the same situation with no resources so it's really great you, you're doing this for them
0: uh, you know, Jason, it's actually even more interesting than that. Uh, it's actually not that they're going back to the same environment that they had before. It's the fact that the prison itself sets them up to fail. So then the idea, very often, what I didn't understand before I started this, it's not that the old environment t- brings them back to prison. Is that the you know, imagine your daily life, you know, and your audience as well, think of your daily morning ritual that you just had, and the things that you've done, how you checked your phone, how you did this, and how you checked your computer, how you where you're going, what you're doing, how you're going to get from point A to point B, imagine being stopped by a time machine waking waking up 10 years later, and having to figure out the new technology, the new pieces, all the while there is continuous messages that, you know, you're half, you're half the man here, and then people literally go back to prison because they're more comfortable there.
1: I've, I've heard and that so a lot. So
0: it's not that uh, you know people, and the, the the rates are crazy, right? It's uh, close to seventy percent of people get reoffend uh, reoffend within five years, and and yet with simple programs, simple program, Jason, it goes down to five and three percent for the entrepreneurship programs that are out there. So think of the return on investment going from 70% recidivism rate to three. So yeah, we are we are at a cusp of transformation. But the key here is really that, and it's not off the topic, is that your audience may not be in prison, but I have noticed that all of us on some level are in the prison of our own mind. We have the key. We are the warden and we are the prisoner. And so that's, I noticed the same thing inside from there. Are people inside prison, Jason, who are more free than I am. Because they figure out who they are and what they want, and they are laserful.
1: And I've always said, I'm sure there's people in the prison system. Like they would just say, like, no better circumstance, they would have been like doing a great things. Just you know, sometimes it takes a lot to overcome where you're, your circumstance.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then the, the the interesting thing, yeah, the circumstances are quite quite large and uh, quite different. And when I, came, I started volunteering, um, just out of curiosity, Toastmasters, there was a Toastmasters club inside Monroe, and I'm still a sponsor of that, that one. And I just wanted to know what a Toastmasters in prison looks like. And in the last four and a half years, pretty much all of my assumptions about crime and punishment have been completely overturned. And so, but in the process, what it did, it it made me a really much better coach, a much, much better coach. And when people say, how do you do what you're doing right now? I don't understand. I'm like, well, come to prison with me. You'll figure it out. That makes for a very interesting conversation.
1: Leo, how hard or how easy has it been to convince people to invest time in what you're doing, You know, possibly like invest money in, in backing up on these entrepreneurial in, in prisons and business ideas?
0: Well, Mike, the, uh, the nonprofit that I am part of is called Restartup Academy. So restartupacademy.com. And it's relatively new. I've just recently started the whole process. We actually formalized and incorporated in December of last year. So we're still in process. I'll let you know. But my experience in talking to both investors, business owners, entrepreneurs, and other people, as soon as I mention what I'm doing, it transforms them. I find it to be incredibly easy right now we're just focusing on building the infrastructure, so the story is important, and that's what I want to talk to you about and to your audience about and how story can change the system. The system still has to change, or the process you still need a business I still need a business plan, still need the financials, still need the right team. And uh, it just happens that the process that I've been doing for the last ten years with my clients now comes to incredible head uh, in actually changing the system from the inside out. And it's both nerve-wracking and exciting at the same time. So I, I find that the time is now and people are responding to the fact that instead of giving people handouts or incarcerating them or uh, throwing them you know throwing them in and throwing away the key, locking them up and throwing away the key, we gain nothing with that. And there's a huge return on investment by actually investing in the right people inside, not everybody, but the right people inside who are indeed ready. And that's actually the same process that I use outside. It's just actually harder to find the right people. But my clients typically are ready. They're ready to transform. And so I have a saying that I'm as good a coach as you're a client. So People who are good, people who are ready to transform, who are who are focused, and they're saying, I want the tools, and I want someone to help me see what I'm not seeing, then I become essential. And that's what I love about my job.
1: Leo, do you find that the people in prison are actually more focused on the knowledge you give them?
0: I am, a, if I'm a junkie of any sort, I'm a junkie for transformation. So that is my, that's my drug of choice. And I I get a biggest hit inside prison. Maybe it's a bad analogy here. But the idea is, yeah, I show up and people are Because I show up, and there, are, and again, I'm not. I want to make sure that you and the audience clear. I'm not talking about the yard. I, I don't go into the yard and talk to the regular Joe Schmoll who's been locked up. I'm talking about the people who've been locked up, and they are they are on the way to redemption. They, in their mind, are already half free. They are the ones who are battling their demons and are willing to look honestly at themselves, accept accountability, and find integrity inside. Those are the only people that I talk to. And so it's a selective audience. And yes, absolutely. Those men, they are they are ready. They're like you and I. They are about living a great day. And they just don't have the tools uh, the tools. And so when I come in, uh, I show them both the tools, but also I show them that there are people on the outside who care.
1: Yes, I think a lot of them don't realize that.
0: And I got to tell you, like, I've been to three different prisons, I work with one in one, and I even work there as a professor. And the number one comment that I get, the number one thank you I get inside the prison across different units, across different times is thank you for treating me like a human being. That's it. Not my knowledge, not my business acumen. Thank you for being here is probably number one. And then thank you for treating me like a human being. And... I got to tell you that those two things, you know, I get tears in my eyes just thinking about it. For your audience, is that, do you do that? How often do you do that? How often do you show up? And how often do you treat those who you are working with as human beings? Not as a number, not as a means to an end, but literally finding out who they are as human beings and then treating them as such. Or in my vocabulary, the way I say it, figuring out their authentic stories.
1: And everyone has a story to tell.
0: Oh, and uh, some people have bigger stories to tell than others. Yes. Uh, I joke that I have a joke that uh, there are only two things that can happen to you in life. Good things and those that make really good stories. You know, good things don't really make a good story. They make a good punchline, perhaps. Or, But, you know, hey, you know, I won a million dollars today and, you know, I went on the on the trip to Bahamas, and you know, I, I had a wonderful dinner and went to sleep happy. Does not make a good story. Maybe a good life, but definitely not a good story. But what got me to getting a million dollars, to going to Bahamas, to having an amazing meal with my family after whatever the challenge that I've had does make an amazing story. And it resonates with the other people because when I tell you about my story of poli- being a political refugee or my story of going to prison, it somehow resonates with you. And you don't hear my story. You, you see your. And that is what I believe speaking with power really entails.
1: Leo, next, can you tell us why most people are not authentic communicators? Why are
0: most people not authentic communicators? Fear. Fear of vulnerability. Brene Brown is uh, one of my kind of role models. And uh, people can check her books out as well as TED Talks. But one of the things she talks about is the science of vulnerability. How vulnerability opens other people, and so what happens is people are afraid of being themselves because they're afraid of being judged. It's an old pattern. It's an old story that is typically uh, stems from childhood, and because they, so they're living in fear, they're living in past, and they there is a natural uh, kind of fear of sharing one's being ridiculed. You know, like the middle school syndrome is like, and that's why. And so this fear, you and know, most of it is irrational and definitely counterproductive because no matter what happens, the authenticity, authenticity wins. And so, yeah, that's why. One of the things that I notice is people are afraid of putting down their armor. In fact, many of my clients, when I, when I help them through their process, and I'm not a life coach. But it just happens that people change their life once they work with that. I, I help them identify their stories, and they realize that some of the limiting stories have been so close to them, they didn't even understand that they were stories. And they weren't even their stories. It was their mother's story, their father's story, their teacher's story. And so they're just perpetuating an old pattern. And so once they realize this, once I've realized this for myself, my life changed. And so now I get to do that for others.
1: That's great. Leo, next, when you're working with entrepreneurs, what's a question that you wish they would ask you, but they usually don't ask this question of you?
0: What question do I ask them?
1: Now, what question do you wish they would ask you during your training?
0: What question do they wish they, uh, they, they asked me that they don't? The number one question that people ask me as a communication coach, as a pitch coach, is what do I say? How do I uh, behave? Where do I need to go? The question, none of those questions are important, but they are not at all critical. The critical question is actually the who question. Who do you know? Who is the right person for me? Who should be on my team? Who should be on my board of advisors? Who, who, who? One of the books that I highly recommend is Start With Why by Simon Sinek. If I were to write a book, I would say, start with why, but get to who. Get to who as soon as possible because why is really powerful, you want to have your mission and vision, but it's the who that makes a difference. So if you have strong enough why, you can find the right who, the who, you being one of them will determine the how, what and where and when. So that's the question. who do I need to meet is the question that I wish entrepreneurs. Had.
1: Leo, how does a, a startup founder find you to use your resources?
0: There are a few ways that startup entrepreneurs find me. One of the ways is I'm active in the Seattle startup community and I have in the angel investment realm. And so uh, I see a lot of pitches. I see about 20 or 30 pitches a month and people come to me that way. I have also worked through Upwork and found uh, several clients that way they've put up and through LinkedIn profinder which is a great tool nowadays but the number one way that people find me is through referrals very often board of directors who i somebody on the board who i know say you know i have this wonderful company that i'm working with but i have a ceo who does not know how to present effectively or there are people who are having a really good ceo but haven't formulated their vision enough to really move the business in a particular direction. And so I uh, come in and help them really find their vision, their mission, and then ultimately create a plan for communicating that vision and mission, uh, both to their stakeholders and to their employees.
1: Leo, next, can you tell us about time you were successful in the past, what you learned from the success, and what we can learn from the success you had?
0: I have a theory that most of us don't learn from our successes. We learn from our failures. Success is something that is a reward for failing again and again. That is a success worth having. The successes that come by accident uh, typically do not carry uh, lessons in it. In fact, they often do the opposite. We all have no stories of young stars who are too successful, so fast, meteoric rise, and they don't know how to deal with their success. So, um, the successes that I've enjoyed the most are the ones that came to me the hardest. One of the things that I am very proud of is the work that I'm doing inside the prisons. The success that I'm having is I had the most attended program inside the prison uh, by far ever. Nine months, I was teaching uh, entrepreneurship course inside. And we've 90 people went through it totally volunteer people stayed over 60% stayed as came every week. So that was one of the big ones when I felt that what I have, what have I gathered? What have I learned from all these years of as an entrepreneur, as a coach, as a a man on a mission, if you may, that these pieces are falling together. They're making a difference. That would be one of, the, one of the biggest ones. The other one is, the other one that I would say is, I taught a um, set with like six, uh, six speakers or six instances of TEDx. So six TEDxes. So I coached people for their TEDx talks and sitting in the audience and watching the men and women who I've worked with, really shining like i call it forget to be afraid and really get engrossed in their message that's a high man that's that's a professional high
1: but it's very powerful seeing that happen
0: yeah i mean i get i i'm good i'm a good speaker don't get me wrong and i enjoy speaking in public but i am much more of a coach than i am a speaker i get a lot more out of seeing those who i coach rise up and change the world than anything else that i do from a business perspective
1: leo can you talk about a time that you failed in the past what you learned from this and what we can learn from this
0: yeah absolutely there's so much my i think my greatest failure and therefore my biggest lesson really came in uh, 2003 when i uh, decided to quit medical school i went to northwestern med school and unlike many of your listeners or viewers i uh never doubted what I was supposed to be when I was growing up. Uh, I don't know, Jason, did you wonder what you were going to be when you were in high school or middle school? Did you go through the, the hardship of figuring it out? Yes. Uh, That was hard, right? That was was. right. And you probably rebelled once or twice, right? A few times. (laughs) A few times. Right. I remember, uh, in high school, my favorite teacher, Ms. Gothels, uh, my English teacher, she, uh, She'd known me for all four years, and I don't even remember what we were talking about. I was one of her TAs. And she said, you know what's your problem, Leo? And I said, what? And she said, you have never rebelled. <laughs> I, I thought that was a really inappropriate comment from a teacher, right, saying, like, you've been behaving way too good, Leo. But uh, looking back, I absolutely agree. And what happened for me is that my family have, uh, my family have really told me, where you know, told me I was supposed to be a doctor. And I never questioned. I never questioned. It was obvious that that's what I'm supposed to be doing. And so instead, what I found out is it wasn't the right thing for me. It wasn't the right fit. Uh, it took me three years to figure that out and a lot of heartache. But what I've learned from it is that no matter how crazy one's story, one has to follow their, their vision, their mission. And that, that is probably the greatest lesson. And so I am much more now open and accepting of others who are kind of lost. And it gives me great pleasure to help them to realize you, you, you really can. You really can look and do things that are uh, others may consider to be crazy, alternative, or edgy, or whatever. Because it's uh, determining what my story is. So learning who I am became started by figuring out who I'm not and willing to face and making that step
1: yes it's amazing how many people have not done that yet and they're like in their 30s 40s 50s they're still you know following somebody else's concept of what they should be what they should be doing
0: yeah yeah they've never rebelled they've never rebelled and so this idea of rebel and find your voice it may end up being exactly the same voice that you have now it might be the same profession that you have now but it would be taken out of choice, not out of some kind, of somebody else's choice. Your story rather than somebody else's story. And it's that, quote unquote, paradigm shift that I kind of specialize in.
1: Leo, can you tell us about someone who's helped you in the past and how they helped you?
0: Well, one of the people I immediately think of, I've already mentioned her, is my uh, high school English teacher. And i um, not sure, but I'm pretty sure that you have someone like that in your life. Um, in my workshops, I often ask people to raise their hand if they have someone who have transformed their life, a teacher. And everybody raises their hand. And so for me, uh, Ms. Goethals was that one person. And um, I, was, uh, I first met her when I was 14 years old. I was two years from uh, coming to America as a political refugee from the Soviet Union. I didn't speak English uh, very well at all. And she took me under her wing. And uh, she, you know, I had a choice of going into ESL class or uh, honors English class. And uh, she gave me a wise advice saying, you know, you should really go for my English class. She recognized my skills. And I said, but I don't speak English well, and I I can't write. I still can't spell well. And she said, yeah, but Leo... If you go to ESL class, spelling and grammar will be 50% of your grade. It will be 10% of your grade if you come to my class. <laughs> and so I remember uh, getting papers read, just read with grammar and, and spelling. It, just read. And I would get an A minor, right? And it was just <laughs> because it's the thought that counts. So she taught me to question authority. She taught me to... Though it took me a while. Uh, she taught me to really believe in myself. And uh, uh, she really is that kind of a guiding light for me. And so now I, I choose to be that guiding light for others. And um, I always credit her with that.
1: Leo, I understand you have a book to recommend for our listeners.
0: Yes. Um, the book uh, recently that I have absolutely fallen in love with as far as communication is concerned and negotiation is by Chris Voss, V-O-S-S. And it's called Never Split the Difference. It's just recently been published last year, I think. And it's kind of like the updated version to getting to yes, but so much more in-depth and so much more powerful. I, uh, Chris Voss is uh, was a former FBI hostage negotiator for 20 years. And so some of the tools and tricks that he says are really powerful. I use them all the time. But more importantly, what I like about them is that they're authentic, meaning that they work better if my adversary, so to speak, or the person on the other side, uh, my audience, knows what I'm doing. It actually works better that way. There are many other books that I can recommend on communication, but that one can be a very easy read and very uh, simple to implement. So I would recommend that to your listeners.
1: Thank you. Leo, also to say you have some, something for our listeners.
0: Yes, um, I work with my clients uh, when I work with them one-on-one. I work either in person if they're close, but mostly I work the way you and I are doing right now online. And I typically work on a six-month basis, and it's a $10,000 process that I really put people through. However, what I have uh, determined that there is a need for smaller, more intensive, more focused work and so uh, I'm doing it through LinkedIn. And so it's a four session speak with power intensive and it's $930. So it's uh, at a discount. Uh, all that your listeners have to do is go to LinkedIn, LinkedIn with me, Leonowski. And I suggest putting in a personalized message saying that they've uh, heard me on your podcast. And then I will offer them this focused. Sessions. The other thing that I can send to your to you, and then you can put it on uh, your Facebook and whatnot, is a worksheet that I hand out to my clients. It's called the Fifty Two Tips to Speaking with Power. So it focuses on the story and purpose, engagement, audience, and knowledge, and some of the key top ten pieces for each one, uh, plus two extras uh, that I really recommend people to start.
1: Uh, moving to Leo, thank you. That's going to be very valuable for our listeners. Leo, can you provide your social media links so people can reach out to you?
0: Absolutely. Uh, the best way to reach me is LinkedIn, uh, Leonovsky. Twitter is Leonovsky Speaks. And Facebook, I'm not as good as you are, so I'm not following my Facebook quite as well. I got I to gotta work on that. And then my website is speakwithpower.net we one word, speakwithpower.net. My email is leo at speakwithpower.net. And uh, if people want to call me, it's 425 346 0219. So um, I'm sure I'm going to have some of that information on my handout if people are interested.
1: Yes, for our listeners, we'll have all all the information and all the links on our show notes when we publish it in the future. Leo, we'll come to the end of our talk. Can you provide any last words of advice or wisdom to our listeners on any subject you want to cover?
0: Uh, My words of wisdom, if you may, is that is to ride your elephant. Ride your elephant. What I mean by that is that each of us has an elephant in the room. The thing that we don't want to, we have shame, blame, or some feeling of fear around it. That's the elephant that kind of blocks our authenticity. What I share with others and I want to share with your audience is to ride your elephant. Meaning that not just accept it or fight it, blame it, or even excuse it or medicate it, but to actually ride it. So if you have a fear, then use that fear as a platform uh, to improve. Share it with the world in a way that turns it from a limitation into a vehicle towards some kind of a hero's journey end. turn that elephant from a liability into a Really, the vehicle for your transformation—that is the advice that I give,
1: Leo. That's great advice, Leo. Thank you for being our guest on our podcast today. I really appreciate. It. I know you're a busy guy, I've got a lot going on. You gave us some valuable advice today
0: my pleasure and thank you so much for creating such an awesome podcast i look forward to connecting with you further maybe doing it again or uh, as i get myself going this way since you're inspiring me uh, perhaps uh, you'll be on my podcast next yes
1: time. yes definitely and to listeners thank you for your time as well
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode of Cavnish HR. For more exclusive content, as well as your free copy of HR Laws, be sure to visit Cavnishhr.com or connect with us on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat,
1: and Facebook at Cavnish HR. Thanks again and be great every day.